Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's wondering if it's too early to start on the cans. On today's pod we're talking about, well I don't need to say what we're talking about, it's abundantly obvious. Tomorrow evening could be one of the best nights of our life or one of the worst nights of our life and with that much at stake of course we're a bag of nerves right now. But not for the next hour. For the next hour we're going to be optimistic, upbeat anticipating a famous win that sees our club crowned as European champions. Because this is a team to believe in. This is a team to trust. This is a team capable of the extraordinary. Which rather aptly brings me to today's guests. For such a big game, we've brought out the big guns. It's Howard, Lloyd and Chris. Hi Howard, your feelings suitably continental? <laughs> well, in South Manchester, no, I'm not now. <laughs> I think it's the first morning of... Basically, on Tuesday, I was like, I'm not nervous because we're not. the game's not today. And it's not tomorrow and it's not the day after. Just don't worry about it. When I get to the, the point where I go to bed tonight, it is the next day. <laughs> yeah. Then that's Champions League final eve. <laughs> yeah. No, I've gone now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay close to the toilet, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lloyd, um, you're flying out later, is that correct? I am indeed, yeah. Hopefully, as long as I don't get refused at various points. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? Uh, it's not really sunk in, to be honest, mate. I think when I've had my first Sagres, I'll feel a bit more content. Um, but I am buzzing. I think the last frontier was f- getting the PCR test back negative. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Uh, still trying to get the old mana ticket, which is which is the, the very last thing I need to sort out. But I feel like it's just been one of those things where there are so many barriers, you've got to knock them all down, and we're about 80% of the way there. So yeah. I'm starting to feel more relaxed and content. Have you followed City abroad before? Uh, yes, but not loads, you know. I've not. I've actually not been to that many, um, that many aways. Um, so I, I can count on one hand. So, yes, I'm... Probably quite un- unexperienced at, at this. Well, what about you, Chris? Have you been uh, abroad to see the Blues? No, I haven't. Same um, way, yeah, I, yeah I've, I've been, obviously, like years ago, I, I did loads of away games uh, with the with the league, but um, no, I've never been abroad. I, I'd really want to do it, actually. I'd, li- I'd li- really like to do it with my son. And so I'd say as well, I'm really delighted for Lloyd and for Asan, and I think Stefan's almost there that you guys are getting a chance to go. I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, representing 9320 pod there as well. So, yeah, I really, I'm really pleased for you. Yeah, don't get Look. arrested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, we'll, well, yeah. we'll we'll be we'll be doing a podcast on Saturday morning. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm. So, Lloyd, I was going to say. Um, so, in the times you've been in the past, because I've never been abroad to see City, I should imagine that the game kind of merges into almost like a holiday feel. I mean, of a game of such mm. magnitude as this, is that still the case? Are you kind of basically as excited about going to Portugal as you are about City being in the Champions League final? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I think I, 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 just, I would be. I'd be buzzing about, you know, flying and kind of, you know, yeah, I a, think, a bit of sunshine. I think, there, I think in normal times it's slightly different, isn't it? Like <clears throat> the trip is as much, you know, about going away as it is about the game. I think, thankfully, from speaking, I'll give Al Costa a shout out. Um, it's one of my mates, Al, who's Mrs. Knows Porto well. It actually sounds slightly more open than I think they're making out online. 
um, right. in terms of in terms of bars and restaurants and stuff. So I think actually we're going to get a bit of a better experience than what we thought three weeks ago. But obviously um, it is all precipitated around the game and I Actually, me and Tony, uh, we booked the, we booked for four days, three nights, on the reason that we don't want to just do, you know, have it, the worst. That I, I've, my, one of my worst memories of a football game is going to watch the Wigan Cup final, mm. and the reason it was so bad is we got a five-hour coach in and a seven-hour coach out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It is just the worst where you spend the whole thing traveling to the game. You watch the game. The game is shite. And then you basically you're on a a coach back with a, a load of kids who are thrown up in the coach loop because, <laughs> as in that is just the worst thing. So I've yeah we've basically deliberately booked to go for three nights. So yes, if we get beat and Chelsea are a good team and it's eminently possible, we'll still have a couple of nights in Porto where the weather will be lovely and there'll be nice mm. fresh fish etc. So yeah, did you say nice fresh fish? Yeah, do you not like fish, do you? I, I do. I just wouldn't have, you know, if I was thinking of the top three things to do in, in Porto, just fish wouldn't have occurred to me. But each dinner, I think fish is. I think fish is quite high up on the list. To be fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, in terms of kind of importance, let's kind of switch our attention to the game itself. And Chris, where does this stand alongside the big landmark matches in the past decade for City? Um. Pretty significant, isn't it? I mean, obviously, context creates importance, and the context is what's at stake. So, obviously, you know, if you go back, you know, before the decade, you got like Gillingham in '99, then Blackburn in 2000, and of course, United game, the FA Cup, and QPR 2012. Um, I do see this game as equally as important as the first title win in 2012, um, and you know, and and it just. The timing of it feels right to me. I, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. But it just—it just feels of all the massive, significant games that we've played, not just over the last decade, but the last thirty years. I've never felt as ready for this game. But then, to be fair, I, did, I had—I had the same feelings in '99 against Gillingham, which kind of almost didn't go right. But it—I it, think what's at stake is. Is it's twofold. First of all, it's like it's a, it's a final. It's you know it's one that it's the biggest final in Europe, and 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 we've reached a milestone. And mm. if we can win it, it's what it will trigger for the next stage of our development as a club going forward. So you know it, it is about a club. A club. It is. It, 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 sorry, it is about winning a cup. It is about being the best in Europe um, in the, in in the Premier you know European competition. But if, for me, it's also about right. If we do this, then, then what is this going to trigger for the next stage? So yeah, it, it's it, it's it, 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 it's an enormous game, and the, and the context around that really enhances it. Um, Lloyd, I'm just going to quickly come to you for uh, asking Howard about the importance of the club itself. Um, but I keep hearing, as, as Chris said, then about you know kind of comparisons to 2012. Could it be said that maybe? The importance of 2012 is because, in hindsight, basically, because of the events, because of how it occurred, if we'd gone down 2-0 that day, it would have really hurt. But the likelihood is City could have won the league the following year. It, we would basically just put it off a season or two if we'd lost the QPR. Whereas this kind of, I don't know, beforehand, I, I would say that this is the biggest game in, in City's history in terms mm. of the build-up to it. Would, would I be right to say that? Um. 
Yeah, I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. I think when you reach when you reach a Champions League final, obviously there's just so much stuff around the game before the game even starts naturally yeah. that makes you think, shit, this is a big game. Like, you know, I think we've all watched Champions League finals before and you know, I think the thing with the with the final particularly is one of my main memories actually is just it's always in the summer and it's always a plan where someone will be like, Oh yeah, we'll watch the final and you almost spend the whole day at like a barbecue or the pub or mm. You know, there's, it's just planned around it. Um, that's very. I think that is different to what comes with, you know, the end of a season game. Or obviously, you know, look, the Aguero day is the best day of my life to yeah. this point. Sorry to the misses, but um, uh, this is kind of different in that you know every football fan will be watching this. It's like a once, you know, one game in the calendar. You know, it's blocked out for everybody else. No one else is playing. So absolutely, it is. You know, look, we might lose it, but it, I feel like it pretty much is right up there at the very, very top. And how it seems such an obvious question, but kind of how important is this to the club itself? No, no, I'm sticking with the original questions. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> Sorry to disagree, <laughs> but I disagree a bit with what. Oh, really? Said. Okay. I, yeah, it's a cup final. It's. I'm not going to swear, it's effing huge. <laughs> and if City lose tomorrow, then don't speak to me for three days at least. <laughs> okay. But I cannot put it on the same. And it is huge. I, can't, I have to keep saying that. It's huge, it's huge. It's a mouse, it is a milestone. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with the basics, but it does not compare to Gillingham or that day against QPR because the consequences of not winning either of them were far, far bigger than... I I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't agree that if I'm we've messed up against QPR, oh, we'd just come back the next season okay. and be stronger. I, it was in our hands so much against a bang average side. If we'd had to beat Chelsea away in the last day, then fair enough, you could have taken not winning the league that day. But to have messed up against QPR and the, to be in the third tier for another season. I, so, yeah, I, it's... It's third, you know, and it's not far behind those two. I'm really not saying it's miles behind. But if City don't win, it's it's in a way it depends on what the future holds, and we don't know. If this was City's one chance at doing this, it takes on a, you know astonishing importance. But it my hope is that this is my, as I mean, Asa said it's a free hit, and I don't really agree with that as much as you know. I, I think we're all far too stressed to think that oh, it doesn't matter if we lose, which is how I see a bit of a free hit. But I think getting there broke down the biggest barrier. You can always lose a final. We've lost a final to Wigan. And I hope that now this is the start of this being a regular thing and that not everything is piled in on that we must win this one game against Chelsea. Chelsea. So uh, that's kind of my angle. I mean, it's it's right up there. But I, I don't, you know, the future of the club and, you know, if we lose, we dust ourselves down and we'll be... a even better team after the summer acquisitions, I think, and we go again. So, you know, I don't know. I just see a cup finals not quite being as important as as those big, those two huge occasions okay. in our past. So, oh, Chris, your response. To that? I was going to, I was going to say. I mean, I, I think that's a reasonable approach. I mean, what that would suggest then, Howard, is that the most important fixture ever in City's history was Gillingham in '99. Because the consequences of not winning that mm. were greater than any of the other major yeah. fixtures that, that we had. I still, 
What's interesting is, 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 is it's, we've said before, it's really difficult to take the Champions League final because you've got to have an element of luck. You've got, you know, the narrative has got to go in your way and, and, and there's a whole learning curve. I guess in some respects, I guess the second leg against PSG for me was a parallel with beating United in 2011 in the FA Cup semi-final. It was, it was getting over that threshold that felt really important. And, you know, losing a, a champion, like, it's like losing a Champions League final can really bury a team into insignificance. I mean, you know, who, who remembers or really cares that Spurs got to the Champions League final, you know, recently? And, and actually, it, it's almost like it had no significance. But I still do think that if you win a Champions League, it, it does change the environment with, within which you operate. And, and, and it, does, it does increase... Revenue coming in, not just obviously winning it in terms of in terms of the money, but also in terms of sponsorship. Um, it does increase the probability of signing really um, marquee names in terms of uh, in terms of building the squad. So, so I, I guess in terms of the context, maybe it's an unfair comparison between Gillingham and QPR, but it's still fucking massive. It's absolutely huge. And, and, the, and the reason I know that is up until now, up until yesterday, I've been broad brushstroking my sort of anticipation of it, you know, and now I'm starting to forensically unpick how the game may go. And the anxiety that's given me is telling me how big this goddamn <laughs> game is. Yeah, I, I personally would put it second after Gillingham. I think it's far more important than the QPR game. I think the QPR game has been elevated importance because of what happened because as Lloyd said it's the greatest day of our, our footballing lives um, but we would have come back we would have won the league either the following season or the season after Champions League well as we've seen in the last 10 years it's extremely hard to get to to the final so it may not happen for the next four, five, six years um, and it's so so important for the club this is their end game this is what it's been all about since 2008 for them so I just I don't think you can put Future the club all on like when we get to our first Champions League final, we must win it. Uh, okay. I don't think it, if Pep stays and we strengthen the summer, we should be getting to the semi-finals every season. Yeah, I know, no, I, I know I it doesn't work that. like that. Bayern Munich can go out in the quarterfinals. Real Madrid can go out in the round of sixteen. You know, it, I know it doesn't work like that, but something clicked this season that getting to the final was almost important as winning it, or I'm not as important, obviously, and I. I'm not going to put the future on the club on like we've got to find everything depends on us winning this one now. But if we don't, then yeah, as I said, just summer's ruined. <laughs> no, I'll get, I'll get over it. You know, it's 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 huge and when that kicks off tomorrow, God, yeah, I'll be sweating. So Yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Lloyd, Lloyd, do you want to take the upbeat over downbeat question? Let's have the upbeat one. <laughs> one. Okay, what one aspect gives you the most confidence regarding tomorrow's game? You know what? I, I actually I thought about this before we did the podcast properly, and I I do think it's actually that we haven't played our best team against them. I really, yeah. I, I I really think that that is significant because I think. Particularly with what's happened with Chelsea over the last two or three weeks, where they looked in an absolute shoo-in for the league, uh, sorry for the top four, and obviously they they had that terrible game against Arsenal, the FA Cup final, and then the game at Villa. 
they are not in a great place. I don't think that has a massive bearing on the final, but I think when you throw in the fact that, yes, they beat us, but we really didn't play our best team and they haven't faced this City side where you've got your Foden, you've got your De Bruyne, you've got your Mares, you've got your Gundogan, you've got basically all the lads <clears throat> that the season has been built around. And then we play like we do against Everton, where, yes, it's a testimonial and Sergio basically takes the piss in the last 20 minutes but I do think throwing everything together that gives me some confidence because I me and Asam were preparing for the for the call um, and the interview with Julian Lorenz and basically how in depth Tuchel is about tactical preparation and Julian said essentially Tuchel's biggest strength is his tactical preparation and how he prepares the players. And I do think the fact that we haven't... Yes, he, he probably knows who we're going to play, but I think the fact that he hasn't managed to come up against that team yet, I do think it's significant. And that does give me that does give me a lot of encouragement going into the game. And I think ultimately, look, this might get replayed at, if we don't win, but I think our 11 is better than theirs and they haven't seen it yet. So that That's gives me yeah. a hell of a lot of encouragement. Mm. Okay, um, Chris, what's your biggest concern? So just just to follow up on something Lloyd says, I, I, I think not just our team, 11 is better than theirs. I think our 11 is better than anyone in Europe at the, at the moment. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that beating Dortmund and PSG along the way, that's when things change for me. Um, I think my concern, well, first of all, it, it, it's a final. And as we know, it, anything can happen despite the confidence and the form that you take into it. My concern would be is because... Tactically, it's, it's it, it, it it is a battle of the giants between Pep and Tuchel, and and I just I want City to try and set the tone really early. If Chelsea f- find a way to do that before us, so for example, if if they decide to sit deep, which is very possible that they will, I, I don't want City to get destruct, distracted trying to shift the narrative of the game. I just want them to I just want them to assert that narrative straight away and sometimes a tactical battle the first 30-40 minutes of the game is where they're just working each other out and and pragmatism rules so I think that does worry me a little bit is is that if, I want Pipe to take the same level of confidence and belief in his team into the game as he has done throughout the second half of the season and of course you know in, like in any big game refereeing decisions are beyond our control as we know Antonio Lajos is, is a referee who's not short of confidence we shouldn't go in you know he, and he isn't he doesn't shy away from the spotlight we shouldn't go in Red with, with that as a stick ready to beat him with that we know we know of his previous we know that there is some antipathy between him and, and Pep, but at the same time you know like referee decisions can make a big can make a big shout particularly um, you know and the way the ref on the pitch will handle his VAR decision making when we've seen with him before that he's he's a little bit dubious sometimes so, um, but also we're playing an excellent side in Chelsea, who have got to a Champions League final. And so we need to avoid thinking, right, we just need to be able to boss this game. We will, we will probably not boss the game. It will probably be a challenging fixture to yeah. navigate. But I'm still confident that we are the better side and we have the tools to be able to beat Chelsea if it goes toe-to-toe. Yeah, this okay. is the Champions League final. We're never going to get... Stoke City, were we? And, no, you know, precisely. Never going to get Borussia much of that back. It could have been worse. Now, we, as you say, it'll be a tough game. We may lose it. But if you want a positive, I think I think Joe said it 
he, <laughs> they were doing the team of the year podcast mm. yesterday, but they got they got sucked into a few minutes uh, discussing the Champions League final because you just can't help yourselves. It's uh, that big. And st- Joe, something Joe said, I think Chelsea are beatable. They're more they're more beatable than City. You know, they're, mm. I think they're, they're more likely to. Yeah, I think City are harder to actually beat when they put their first eleven out. Yeah. Chelsea are more beatable now Absolutely. than the Chelsea of a month ago, unquestionably. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about La Jose, and, and, and I saw a, a video on Twitter yesterday of Leeds United against Bayern Munich in, was it 75? Um, and a, a, a non-penalty um, going against Leeds, which is a penalty every single day of the week. I mean, when, even when you watch it in real time, it's clearly a pen. Um, and you just think, please, 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 God, don't, do something like that to City on Saturday. It's it's so big a game. If we lose, I'll get over it. But please let there not be a really weird refereeing yeah. decision at cost. I can't <laughs> cope. On a game of this magnitude, I can't cope with that. Something that will last. Because the person who put the tweet up was a Leeds fan, and he was still angry about it. Rightly <laughs> so. 45 years later, you know? So it, it can last a lifetime, that. So there's a huge responsibility on those three officials this, this weekend. Well, that's just the same referee not giving Aguero one against Monaco. Let, mm. let it be decided on football. Yes. Unless absolutely. it goes in our favour, then I don't care. So. Okay. <laughs> um, lineup predictions. Lloyd, uh, I know it's cliche, but let's get it out of the way. Surely no overthink from Pep here? Absolutely, yeah. I I think it'll be the 11 that we all expect. I, I, I would honestly, and it sounds absolutely mental, but I would honestly think it'll be the team that we think, which is probably the team that ended or the team from 60 minutes on played against PSG. So Yeah, I agree. Edison, Walker, Diaz, Stones, Zinchenko, Fernandinho, Gundogan, Bernardo, Mares, De Bruyne, Foden. I think if yep. it's anything other than that, yeah. that would be a shock. And I think, I think we as fans around six o'clock or whatever time the team comes out, that would cause real anxiety. I don't see what anyone's done outside of that 11 to get into the team. I think Rodri and Cancelo are probably the close calls, but I think their form recently hasn't been good enough to put them in the in the in in contention and I expect it'll be that 11. Look, can I just um ask Pep's mention this week, it was quite intriguing. He said he had one doubt, one thing he wasn't sure about, the rest that he knew is is starting 11. Um yeah, you have to take that face value, of course. Be mind games, but if there is indeed one doubt, do you think it is Rodri or Ferner? No, I actually expect it'll be left back. I think if if, right. if there's one okay. that he's really mm. unsure about, it might be Cancelo because I think actually Cancelo has shown in big games this season that he can defend. He, he really can defend. He's he's very aggressive. I think sometimes actually too aggressive, as we saw. You know. Not that the Brighton was ascending off, but there have been times actually where Cancelo has gone slightly over. Mm. I think I think Fernandinho nailed on starts um, on Saturday. I think his decision, if he's got one, is probably to play at left back, and I still think it'll be Zinchenko. But I can understand why Pep, for various uh, justifiable reasons, might be thinking more towards Cancelo. Okay. Um- Chris, I was we're going to discuss the Chelsea lineup, but you know it's, it's the same formation, pretty much 
week in, week out from Tuchel. Um, we know that he, he always favours the experienced players, that's Quetta mm. and, and Alonso. Um, so the intriguing thing really is up front. Um, does it worry you? Because the thing is, we can we can talk logically about football, but football is not entirely about logic, is it? It's also that extra thing which is best summed up for me by the fact that I'm so fearful of Timo Werner being the hero at the weekend because he's just mm. had one of those seasons and that's what football is like where a player will be, you know, damned all season and then score a winning goal in the Champions League final. Mm. Um, do you feel the same way about the likes of Werner? Um, how do you kind of rate their, their, their forward options? I, I'm actually more fearful of Mount than Werner. Right, okay. Because I, I do think when Mount's given an opportunity, he's he's more efficient with it. And and if I've got a feeling he might start Pulisic. I may be wrong, but I'm thinking yeah, a front three of Mount, Werner and Pulisic. And if Kante's fit, he'll play Jorginho and Kante's a double pivot, but we know Kante can come and support. They've got players who can hurt us, without a doubt. And and and, and I think that, that you know, I, I do think they will start playing quite deep. I think they'll start with a back five with two with two wing backs and and you know and and play on the counter attack, which they're really good at. They keep it very narrow, and then when they counter, they they make it really wide. But I think you know, Werner uh, uh, Werner is is a really you know is a really interesting player. But I think the kind of hyperbole around him has elevated his status slightly. If you look at this season, he's done he's done he's not done anywhere near enough to yeah. be. To being spoken in the ter- in, in, in in this sort of terms with, with which he's been referred to as, I think Mountism is a far greater threat in terms of in that in in the eighteen yard box. But yeah, we we know that they can punish us, uh, but that but then then it's they've got to get the ball to be able to do that. We've got to lose possession. So so yes. it's it's like you know it's like it's like any quality side, you know. Our back four have now been coached to be able to nullify the threat. Of the attacking players, we did it with Haaland, we did it with Neymar, we did it with Mbappe. So, so yes, they're quality players, but then so is the quality of our defensive line to be able to manage that 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 situation, and that's what gives me more confidence. I think it's pertinent with Mount that he has form against Fernandinho, isn't he? Fernandinho basically bullied him a couple of times, um, and it really was a you know, man against boy. So, yeah, that that kind of gives me kind of some encouragement that. Howard, which team goes into this in the best psychological shape? <laughs> I honestly don't think there is one that goes in in better shape. I don't think it matters that they beat us twice. I don't think it matters that Chelsea lost 2-1 to Aston Villa. I okay. don't think it matters that they've they've nailed down their top four place because, as you said on WhatsApp, whether if, they had, if they'd finished fifth and needed this to qualify for next season's Champions League, well... If you haven't already got the motivation to win a Champions League final, then exactly. you, should, yeah. you should be there. And Tuchel said exactly the same thing, by yeah. the way, a couple and, of days ago. Yeah. But City, as long as we don't pick up any injuries getting off the plane, you know, last night or <laughs> the last training session, City cannot have had a better approach to this game. Yeah. Mm. And that's all you can ask for. But I don't think, I think there's basically a Mendy, Kanteo training. They both go in with virtually a clean bill of health. Uh, all folk have got six days off, you know, gap between the last league game. They're all focused. I think both teams just go in there and it's, as I've always said, even a month ago, nothing that happens in between really matters apart from injuries. They go into there fully focused and in good shape. So it's okay. evens, really. 
Well, I mean, Lloyd, Mendy and Kante, as Howard said there, are both back in training this week. But, you know, at one stage it was looking touch and go for the two of them. Um, can injury doubt in a week leading up to a final be a distraction for a manager? I mean, Tuchel wouldn't be absolutely certain of his starting eleven until two or three days ago. Mm. Yeah, no, I, of course they can. I think, you know, just f- flip it on its head, you know. I, I would say Kante is probably of Foden importance to us. Yeah. That if, if Phil was out, we would be shitting ourselves. Come on. Like we would be, or if Stones was out, you know, if Kev was out, someone of that level, it, it really throws your head. Um, I've got a really good mate who's a Chelsea fan who I actually watched all the Saturday's games with. We had Chelsea on the telly, we had Spurs on the laptop and we had City on the iPad um, watching everything on Saturday. And he, he said, if Kante doesn't play for us, I don't fancy it. Genuinely, it's that big for them. So he always plays well clearly, against City as well. Of course, I mean he's he's absolutely top level, Kante. Um, mm. It sounds like he's fit, and it looks like Mendy will play. So those are two massive, massive things for Chelsea. And if they both play, it makes it a much tighter game. You know, Kepper is a disaster. Um, I think we saw that ourselves in the in the cup final, um, where he didn't come off the pitch for Caballero, uh, and Kante is. You know, Kante's Kante. I don't think you need to wax lyrical about what he's done. I think we watch the Premier League week in, week out. We know how good he is. Um, yeah. And it looks like they'll both play. So, yep, yeah, I, I think that's that's massive for Chelsea. Which kind of, okay, if I got the choice, if I had the choice, I would, of course, have Kante out. Um, I would have, you know, eight or nine of their starters out. Of course I would. But also, it's kind of nice that we're going into a, such a big game with both teams at the time of speaking here, you know, fully fit. Um, it's refreshing because so often these big games are ruined because it's the end of the season. The players are jaded. They've played 60 games. They, you know, three or four of them are carrying injuries. They'll, they'll have two or three players out. That's not the case this time. So from a purely footballing perspective, uh, I think that's a, a welcome development. Um, Chris, who do we need big games from uh, this weekend? And who do you anticipate being the hero should City prevail? I've put simply, Steve, we need big games from everyone. Fair enough, yeah. In a game like this, there can be no passengers. Um, and that actually makes me feel positive because one of the defining uh, shifts with Pep this season is that if anyone's been a passenger on the field in any of the games, Pep has punished them by dropping them for, for, for the next game. And that level of competition within the squad is at a really positive effect. So I want 11 heroes plus, according to who comes on as, 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 a, as a substitute, but if we do win this game, I would say that it's Pep that's the hero because because the players, obviously he always says the players make the difference on the pitch, but Pep has made the biggest and most challenging transition for himself as a manager this season. He's had the courage to do it. He's done it very publicly as well. So if, if, we, if we achieve this milestone, he, for me, he is the hero because he has made, he has made those changes. But so yeah, we can't, and you know what? And I don't think anyone will be a passenger. I don't think anyone will go missing. It's Chelsea. I think this is Chelsea's third Champions League yes. final. Yeah. I think that they lost against United. They won on penalties, didn't they? Um, where they were nowhere near to being the best team in Europe when, when they won that final. Um, and I think we can legitimately say that at the minute City are the best team in Europe. And if, and if the team feels that, 
and they go onto the pitch with that level of confidence and that belief in themselves, in the system and, and each other, then, then this thing about having to find a hero within the cast, I just don't think it'll be relevant. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think there'll be 11 heroes and, and the chief one will be Pep if, if we win the game. But I have to keep reminding myself, if we don't win the game, this season has still been an extraordinary success. Yeah, well, and I've so, just got to yeah. keep reminding myself of that because I'm going to feel so gutted if we don't win. But it doesn't. We've got to make sure it doesn't sully what we've achieved th- this season. But, I, but yeah, it's um, yeah. I need eleven heroes on the pitch. Uh, how how do you see the game playing out? Uh, kind of a tense, cagey affair, um, and and more so, will there be any similarities between the FA Cup semi or the recent loss at the Etihad to Chelsea? No, no, forget the previous two games. But yeah, if. You just never know, do you? A cup final, something could happen after two minutes that changes everything. But mm. my hunch is cagey. I mean, there have been some poor European cup finals in the past. The stakes are so high. So if you're a manager, you put the team at the... Obviously, it'd be nice that you get an early goal. But really, more important is probably that you don't concede an early goal. That you're not... Put, you're not at a disadvantage early in that game that you always got a fighting chance so the hunch is you say two t- two of the most tactically astute managers in the world uh, both should be both be brilliantly organised their systems I don't think one team wants to go for the kill early and put themselves at risk of conceding so if I had to guess a very cagey opening yeah, I, sh- I should say that in the last 20 finals, 60%, exactly 60% of goals have come in the second half, which might not surprise you. You might think that sounds about right, and, and you might think over the course of a few games, that that's how it plays out, that more goals are scored in the second half. But across 20 f- games, I mean, I've been doing this for, for long enough now for, for betting companies to know that is a high amount. So, yeah, we can anticipate goals in the second half, more so than the first. and. You know, those opening 10, 20 minutes to be cagey. I mean, the difference is two years ago was that early pen for Liverpool, wasn't it? And, um, mm. I, unless something like that happens, I think it really will be tight for that 45 minutes. Um, right. Well, Lloyd also in the last 20 finals, seven of them have gone to extra time or penalties. Can you describe your likely state of mind? Should it go that far? No, 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 no. <laughs> Next question, please. Next question, I'll, I'll come please. to you next, Howard. I, I, want, I want all three of you to answer this because oh, well, it's pertinent. Come on. Well, I mean, thankfully, after the, the final on Wednesday, we're, I feel like we're perfectly set up for an Edison winner, no? Yeah. In the, pen, yeah. In the pens? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for whatever plastic seat is going to be in front of me at at the stadium if it goes beyond 90 minutes because I will be kicking it to fucking hell Um, I think extra time okay I think penalties no like I think we no I think genuinely it's going to be awful if it goes to pens Um, I I don't even want to think about it to be honest you've just made me throw up in my own mouth so (laughs) at least there's no golden golds nowadays so yeah, uh, Howard. Um, we'll, we'll get on very shortly to, to where everyone's watching it, but I'm guessing you're watching it in company. Uh, yeah, not with yes. company. <laughs> no, no. Very good. Very I good. asked him, but he didn't. Reply. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. No. How would you be responding then in extra time? Kind of when you're in company, I mean, as opposed to if you're watching it, say at home, 
kind of on your own. Um, oh, it's easier with company. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I found this, I found even like, I don't know, Newcastle at home watching by myself over Christmas. Yeah, it was a tough watch. It's yeah. just, no, you've got nowhere to, you know, no one to bounce off of anything. So I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be much easier having to watch extra time or penalties would just be unbearable wherever I am. So don't even want to think about that. It's just a shame, you know, I wish I'd believed in fate and, you know, and it was meant to be because if, if those things did exist and they don't, then City beat Chelsea. Hmm. And after Wednesday night, I am absolutely sure of that, that everything from about December the 19th against Southampton, you can, you know, throw an FA Cup semi-final defeat. Uh, Apart from that, literally everything has fallen into place in a way for this team. And this seems the denouement of it. But unfortunately, there's no such thing as fate. So, But once United mm. couldn't even beat Villarreal, that it just felt that surely it must now end with a City victory to end the season. So, You know it's a Champions League preview when the word de- denouement is mm. used in a, in a podcast. I used <laughs> it in an article this week. So now, now I'm using it three times a week. So. It's, um, it's, it's very classy, Howard. Thank it you. was? For someone Sorry, who... Howard, who what, yeah. what does it mean? <laughs> no idea, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds, kind, it sounds kind of continental, doesn't it? So it's good good work, mate. <laughs> For someone who poo-pooed the idea of a Henry V speech at the end of this yeah. part, that was quite classy, yeah. Uh, Chris, penalties. Uh, um, like I say, we'll move on to kind of where we're watching it, but mm. are you watching it at home? Yeah, I'll t- when we talk about that, I'll tell you who I'm watching. We talk about it's easier with company. It's not going to be easy with company where I am. Trust me, but I'll right, talk about okay. that later on. So, but I think um, it's all for me. It's all about control of the game. So, in a cup final, I wish if I if ever I feel anxiety, I try to rationalise it so I can deal with it better. So, in a cup final, you've basically got three opportunities to win the game. First one in the 90 minutes, second one in the 30 minutes of extra time, and then finally with five penalties, right? And as, and as you pass each stage, we incrementally lose more and more control of the game. So, by, so if you do get to penalties, you've pretty much thrown away all means that you would have to apply any kind of game management. It becomes a lottery. And that's why the anxiety becomes so high at, at, at that point. But to go back to Howard's point, about since 19th of December, everything's fallen into place. Things have fallen into place, but it's been engineered to happen that way. And and when we've lost a game over the last six months since then, we can quite easily unpick why we've lost that game. Nothing's been a surprise. It's either been a weak selection or the team hasn't played well or whatever. And so in terms of, I don't believe in destiny either. That's something that's created by Liverpool fans. But what, but, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, but, but, but what I do believe is actually is 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 in terms of keeping control of the game, I'm confident that it will happen in that first 90 minutes because it's not been luck that we've got that we've been so um, incredibly strong throughout the, the, the season. If it, if it goes to penalties, then it's a case for me. It's a case of saying right. Well, in that case, we don't deserve to win this game in the normal means because we haven't taken our, our opportunities, and then I just give it up. At, and it's a lottery. I don't want to get to that stage because I know I, just watching the penalties on Wednesday with United Villarreal was enough to remind me of like, you don't ever want to be there at this point. So yeah, let's just win it in the, in the 90 minutes and then everyone's happy. Okay. Lloyd, um, what would it mean to you personally as a blue, the city to lift the champions league? 
Great question. I don't know because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I genuinely, I can't really put it into words. I can't really describe it. I don't really know. It's probably a bit like what it would mean to win the Premier League. And genuinely, I didn't know how that felt until we were there on whatever day it was in May in, in 2012. Um, I do think what David Mooney said on the mashup pod is absolutely bang on that there's an element with the Champions League as a City fan where I feel like I've you you just don't get completely invested probably till we're off through the group stages and mm. we've not been this far before it's proper rarefied atmosphere I don't know and yes obviously you know you can use all this shit hyperbole that we we can all describe about things but I genuinely don't know what it'll mean until it happens to be honest with you. Um, well, I'll throw it over to the other two. Um, kind of, Howard, can you anticipate how it, how it'll feel? I, I mean, it's I, I'm completely with, with Lloyd to be honest. It, we're yeah. in uncharted territory, and and I, I, it's just guesswork, really. I'm just picturing myself being really, really happy if we win it. But you know, I also remember tears after ninety three twenty. Um, I remember how I felt after that first FA Cup final win. So it's very conceivable that I could be very emotional tomorrow night. Um, would the same apply to you? Yeah, considering how much alcohol I love in my system. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, no, same as Lloyd, I just don't, I don't know. I think it just ticks the final box really for the yeah. club and for yeah. the pressure as a City fan really, you know, that we have to win everything. I think it just takes that pressure off once you've ticked this one off. You know, that's the club, the owners don't, we don't need to win it for the owners. They're not, it's just an investment that they'll make money off. We don't need to win it for so and so or executives or, you know, specific things. And even for the fans, essentially, you don't need to win it. Yeah, you know, we've won, we've had such a brilliant decade. Yeah. Uh, but I think it will just be the final little chapter and it will be a lovely bookend to what for many has been a really shitty year. So. I think yeah, it would just be point. a perfect yeah. way to move on to next season and a bit of normality. Chris, are you um, a sentimental type when, when it comes to kind of, you know, big wins, meaningful wins for City? I try and mix being sentimental with being kind of brutally <laughs> kind yeah. of honest as well about things. <clears throat> what it'll mean to me is it, I just, I've been thinking about it a lot this week. I've been thinking a lot about looking back of where we've come from because I always, I always look, you need to look back for where you've come from to be able get perspective on where you are now and where you might be going. And if we win on Saturday, I just know how much I will appreciate it. And and maybe for I don't want to sound like a dick here, but but maybe for City fans, we might appreciate it more than most because we have been through that turmoil of you know of like of of, of being shit, of getting relegated, going down to the old third division in the shadow of United, and and. So it, it will feel like a milestone of, of that journey. And, and I really don't care less about vindication towards external like media elements or other fans. I don't care about that. I, I know what it's going to mean to us as a, as, as a fan base. And so it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I think I have imagined what it would be like to see them 
raise that cup and it will be significant it will feel different to any other cup not, not just because we've never won it before but, be, but because of what it says about the status of, of that particular team um what i've what i've got to work out between now and the final is is managing my feelings if we don't win because do you know what i mean it's, it's and what will that what would that mean to me personally because they're, they're, they're the flip side of the same coin uh, but i just know how grateful i will be to the club uh, for giving me this experience for giving me that the the, the these emotions um so I, th- I think i think yeah I'm, I'm pretty clear that that how appreciative i'll be if we do win it and how and how just full of joy i'll be as well i always want city to win for selfish reasons at the end of the day from my mood more than anything but <laughs> i think for the first time i really want this for pep and yeah. for many other players yeah, yeah and for the players as well yeah. and for any city fan that's in that ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you put the, the effort you've gone to to get there, <laughs> just I want that. Yeah, I want Fernandinho to be lifting that uh, trophy in front of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about kind of City and what it means for City, but um, perhaps we haven't really touched on the tournament itself. Um, so just kind of you know stepping outside of a kind of city bubble for a moment. I mean, Lloyd, when you look back at the European Cup finals of yesteryear, are any favourites or any that stand out for you? Are any kind of you know maybe the first one you watched as a kid where you thought, wow, this is a big game. This is kind of you know with, with teams playing who aren't so familiar because you're not watching them week in week out. To be honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn it here, but. Um, <laughs> my favourite recently has got to be Bale scoring that goal against the Scousers. That yeah, was good, absolutely top notch. Um, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> seeing Salah go off, all the Ramos tears, and then he just puts it <laughs> ultimate top bins with that goal in a final. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, why don't Real Madrid fans adore him? I know, I know exactly why. But yeah, even knowing it why, is, it's like it is for that silly. Final, yeah, yeah. Well, he scored. Th- I think he scored four goals that won them games and finals. So it's yeah. absurd. But you, look, there are way better finals, more romantic. Um, you know, you could talk about fucking Istanbul or whatever. But the one that, re- when you asked that question, the thing that really sprung to my head was Bale doing that against the Scousers. So that's what I'll go with. Yeah. Um, Howard, which one kind of stands out for you? I'll be honest, there aren't many. There aren't. I had to really delve deep, actually, to think back, yeah. It's not part of my, yeah, it's not like, oh, the magic of the European Cup finals. I'm just, it's not something I've been very detached from most of my life. And I don't, you know, when I'm watching two European, you know, two of the best teams in the European Cup final, then I watch it and then it's quickly forgotten. So... What it did remind me of when you, I saw this question is how much tribalism didn't used to be part of being a supporter. Yeah. Because yeah. I immediately thought of the three-all Liverpool match. And I remember clearly sat in a room watching that with friends. Mm. And I didn't care if they... I wasn't, I wasn't strongly against them winning. I just enjoyed mm. the spectacle of the match. Yeah. And I think even you know, when we were rubbish, I was so used to United winning that even when... John Terry fell on his arse. It was like, uh, just I was watching that with a Liverpool fan. It's just a shrug of the shoulders. I went typical and just, you know, turned off the TV when they won. And it's like, and it's just so different now. I, I mean, the, yeah, we could look at the Milan team that beat Barcelona 4 0. It's just, 
and there are very historic ones from the 60s, Benfica, Madrid, and yeah, of course United's uh, achievement. But I don't. I I actually pine more. I remember FA Cup finals. I think more than I do European Cup finals. Yeah. But Barcelona schooling United was it 2011 that's my choice Ooh, yeah, it's yeah, definitely right okay well I will move over to you and let you uh, oh no no I, I was, no no I, I won't it was basically just that game just, just the greatest performance I've seen and the, mm. um, the, the Milan game is edges it you know well, it's close to it sorry but um, yeah they had, they had players out there was yeah. a foreigner rule so they couldn't play everyone anyway they had suspension injuries yeah, yeah. And to win 4 0 was just unbelievable. And the, and the manner in which he did it. So, yeah, and those two performances are right up there. And of course, you can go back to kind of the days of Buskus, but that was before my time. And I've just seen grainy video. I do uh, remember one of the earliest memories I ever had was Villa winning it in a very nice kit. Um, and there's that. But uh, Chris, any, any standouts from, from yourself? I'm going to sound like even more like a Burt than Lloyd, but mine is 2011, Barca United at Wembley. And, and obviously, it's about I remember moments because and then those moments strung together to make a bigger narrative. But Barca's masterclass against what was a strong United team who had just won the Premier League, and I just remember this moment. It was in the last ten minutes, probably about eighty third minute or something, and the camera panned to Ferguson. Right, so you got Ferguson who has dominated the English game for over two decades. What one of the best managers in Europe? Okay, and you see him. He gestures to Ferdinand. And he points to his watch and just shrugs his shoulders. And he, he literally did not know what to do because they were losing. He, he played his strongest hand, but he could not compete with this like sublime dominance of that Barca team. And I'd never seen, really seen a, a manager of that caliber do that before to literally just go, I, I, I don't know what I can do with this now. I've tried my best. This this team is just too strong. And it so you know it, it said a lot about Ferguson. It said a lot about even though United were strong, how strong they were in comparison to the other teams in Europe. But what it really said about was I was witnessing a Barcelona side that had basically redefined football. So yeah. that so that you know a heavyweight contender like United just did not stand a chance. And of course, who was the manager? So you know so oh, it's boy. like it's it yeah, it, it, it's that moment of that where where it's like watching a boxer who's been a champion just just can't be a, a new challenger. There's just too much for them. And it's like a horrible inevitability about it. But so it was that it was that moment in that Champions League final that really stays with me that sometimes you have to you have to acknowledge you someone is better than you and doesn't matter what you do, you can't get past them. He said on a video recently, Ferguson, that his biggest regret is not putting Park on at half-time to uh, mm. landmark Messi. And he said that had mm. he done so, they would have won that game. If, if, if he wants to believe that, yeah, fair enough. It's, if it makes him happy, you know, who am I to deprive a pensioner a bit of happiness? Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, he's doing Chelsea's pre-match team talk. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. for the hat-trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lloyd, so we've established you'll be watching it at the game. Um, do you know yet where about you are in the stadium? Do you know kind of the logistics of it all? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I think I'm block 21, which is just in with all the Chelsea fans, so that'll be fun. Right, um, okay. But uh, it's UEFA ticket, isn't it? So yeah. obviously they're slightly more interspersed, but I think they've put those almost between the city and the Chelsea ends. Um but social distancing, I don't think they'll be any too near me. Um, 
I'm expecting that I'll probably be able to move a few seats or whatever. Um, but yeah, I will be in the ground um, and can't wait. Yeah. How you said before you're watching it with, with not really, but with company. So um, are you going out to watch it or are you going around someone's house or? Yeah, pub, yeah. Pub. I don't know. There's a playoff final at three, isn't there? So I could start early and watch that. But mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be. I've got to have a few hours run up at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. well put. Yeah. I mean, you really have to have a few hours run up at this with uh, alcohol because yeah. not walking into that pub an hour before as the team sheets come out. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just uh, get there in the afternoon and see how it goes. Should be raining, maybe sit out a bit. So yeah. Uh- Chris, I'm intrigued about what you said earlier about uh, the company you'll be watching the game with. So I'll be watching it with my family, which will include my son, who's a City supporter, mm-hmm. one son-in-law who's a Liverpool supporter, <laughs> and another son-in-law who's a United supporter. So there's an awful lot of stake in that household tomorrow evening. <laughs> it's going to be... And it's kind of... Whenever I... I've always set the tone. So whenever I've watched a game against Liverpool or against United with either of those, I've always been very reasonable. Even if we've lost, I've not, you know, I've not been unfair and ne- never over-celebrated. So I'll kind of set that tone uh, early on uh, with them. But yeah, th- there's an awful lot of stake there with that. And we're, pre- we're predominantly a city-supporting um, uh, family, but a couple of rogue elements crept in when daughters got married. Do, so yeah. They always do, yeah. Um yeah, my plans have changed three times. I was going to go to Manchester and then Chester. Uh, there's a city pub in Chester, a good pub as well. I thought that's perfect. That's great. I'll go there. Um, and then someone reminded me it's Chester Races this weekend. So, mm. yeah, that, that just kind of put me off. And then the guy I wanted to watch this game with is my older brother, and he wanted to go elsewhere. And so I was like, oh, I don't really want to go there. And so, um, But my brother basically, what, 30 years, me and him, Went to games together or 20 years at home away. And he's kind of drifted away from the game a bit recently. He still follows City, obviously, but he's not into football as much. I couldn't, you know, want, I wouldn't want to watch the game without him. So, uh, yeah, I'm watching it with my brother um, and a few drinks and just see how it goes. Just see how it goes. That's all we can do at this stage. Absolutely. Right, lads. Um, I think it's time to kind of wrap things up and and let the nerves kind of seep back into our system. Thank you very much, uh, Lloyd, and, and all the best with your, your travels. Cheers, mate. I will be updating everyone on the on the Twitter feed when I obviously get rejected from the airport <laughs> for something. I don't know. Let's see. You won't. You won't. Uh, thank you very much, Howard, for joining us today, man. Yeah, pleasure. Is this your 60th or 70th pod this week? I think it's... Well, no, I mean, the podcast itself, I think, Eighth, wow! I've not been on all of And thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, cheers, dude. It's a pleasure. And just to say, I think ninety three twenty have played a blinder this week with a level of content and number no, of uh, you absolutely. know, and, and and the Twitter feed shows that there are there are appreciative listeners out there. So yeah, we're, we're all we're all combined in the same sense of anticipation for this game. Uh, well, that's a wrap for today, folks. For next time we meet, City will either be champions of Europe or merely the best team in Europe. And as consolations go, that ain't bad. Being a blue during the golden age of Guardiola. I still really, really want that big ear trophy, though. Take care, everyone. Be safe and enjoy the game as best you can. In the meantime, forever up the blues.